Hello. Hi. We're doing it again. It's working again. It is. Thank you. Thank you. Talking with me on my podcast that only you and me and my mom will listen to. Gosh. <laughs> Take it over. <sighs> Move over, Beethoven. Yeah. So I was thinking, I think, um, I think that I want to start by just overviewing the troubled teen industry, even though that's not what this podcast is about. Uh, it will definitely be talked about. Sure. Sketch it out. In some form or another. So, um, so why don't you tell me, um, not your experience, but tell me about the troubled teen industry and what it is. Okay. Um, well, best I can tell, CDU was one of the first of these types of schools that use um, like a perverted form of behavioral therapy uh, to shame and terrify people into agreement about, you know, social norms and, uh, I mean, it's weird, like in, in the late, in the schools that came after CEDU and there, most of them seem to have at least some sort of like ethos, you know, like even if it was bullshit, like at least it, it, they, they claimed to be trying to say something specific, whereas CEDU was really just saying suffer and don't tell anyone, you know? Yeah. So, um, my okay so this is how i kind of describe will describe the troubled teen industry all of anyone's descriptions about the troubled teen industry are accurate there are so many ways that we can describe this multi-billion dollar a year industry um so i like to call it a private sector for profit um prison for kids yeah that's that's also very accurate so you know the problem with the private sector i don't you know for those who don't know the public sector we have two places here in our in our capitalist society in the way our society is structured there's the 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 public sector and the private sector the public sector would be like the police the firemen you know the highway uh, maintenance people school teachers yeah and then well in the public sector school teachers but um in the private sector uh so by the way in the public sector you know obviously if you're going to work in a public school you have to have a background check be a registered sex offender you right. have to have a degree and the credentials and you know qualifications and all that stuff yeah um, so that's, and, you know, even, uh, you know, so the public sector, they have regulations that they are supposed to adhere to and abide to and can be accountable for either doing that or not doing that at any point in time by the government. Now, 
the private sector is where there's no regulation and you have all the freedom in the world to do whatever you want. And right. the problem with the troubled teen industry and the 6,000 schools that are open right now is that they're private sector. Yeah. So they are not. That's actually. They don't have to have background checks. They don't have to right. have and credentials they can be registered sex offenders and you know yeah so that's 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 the root like what you just described that's the root that's the root of fuck freedom yeah yeah that's why exactly fuck freedom because freedom it's a pro-regulation hashtag Yeah. yeah what i mean you know i i think our society has lied to its um members for quite some time about what freedom actually is and that we have everybody all excited about freedom yay freedom it turns Um, out to mean fascism oops freedom is um it leaves too much room to exploit people and the planet for a profit yeah like if you're gonna use freedom to like in like to justify your taking advantage of people and say that you have a right to take advantage of people because you're free to do whatever you want. That's not freedom. That's a, that's fuck. That's criminal. Yeah. And also they lie, the troubled teen industry, these schools lie. And so it's like, they have the freedom to hire whoever they want, pay them dirt, cheap money, um, you know, because they're not and call them specialists. And yeah, because they're not qualified and have no educations and credentials, even though they're called specialists. And um, but yeah, and that <coughs> anyway, so yeah. I I have so much to say about the troubled teen industry, but okay, so that's in a gist what the troubled teen industry is, and I'm just gonna add this really quick before we move on. Um, the, you know, one of the biggest, um, conglomerates that owns, uh, many, many facilities in this country is UHS and they are traded on the New York stock exchange and the S and P 500. So you can actually buy stock in child abuse and torture. Yeah. And that's disgusting. But freedom. Yay, we're free to do it. So um, moving on, what 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 is just in a gist? What's your experience with the troubled teen industry? Uh, My family was already pretty like dysfunctional it wasn't abusive it was just uh there there was nobody knew how to communicate in my family it's a long line of poor communicators um and i think that uh you know there's so many factors for how i got there i don't know exactly how i got there but like it effectively ended my relationship with my father he died before we could sort of figure it out. It, my mom is still alive and I'm still trying to build relationship with her despite very serious rifts and, you know, her own ongoing um, 
mental health needs that are not met because these sadists uh, lied to her and about the, the nature of my character and about the nature of her character. And it's so, like it, it fucking got in there like a god, you know, it's like the bigger the lie, the yeah, more the brain, people believe it. It's a brain worm. Yeah. Um, so, a uh, quick question. Um, well, okay, I'm going to hang on to that question for a second. So, um, okay, so I was at CDU, and that's where you and I met 100,000 years ago. <laughs> um, and surprisingly enough, even though I don't have any other friends, you and I have stayed friends all these years, um, yeah. you know, with little breaks in between. Um, but I ended up at CDU when I was 15. Um, I was sent there by a judge, which means this was, you know, state-funded. Yeah. Um, and so here, here's the question I wanted to ask. Um, so, okay, when I got out of CDU and all these years, I'm, I'm 48 right now. So all these years um, since I got out when I was almost 18, uh, my mother never believed me. And actually, a lot of my friends didn't believe me either. Um, and it wasn't that I, I wasn't aware that CDU was abusive or bad, but I would just describe very matter of factly things that we did or that happened that to me were perfectly normal and people didn't believe me. Yeah. Uh, why would they do that is what they would say. And then yeah. um, when I was about 40 and I started realizing that I was abused and brainwashed and, you know, that it wasn't okay. Um, once I real started realizing that and started explaining that to my mother, then it became more like, oh, you know, you're just you're depressed and you have personality issues and you've always struggled with, you know, um, your moods and you're just over exaggerating and, you know, you're just being ultra sensitive about something that's over and done with. And, you know, my mom still didn't believe me. Right. Even, yeah. even when I could articulate and describe exactly how it was abusive in a very matter of fact way, she didn't believe me. And, um, it wasn't until 2020 that, and my mom saw thousands of people supporting my claims. <laughs> yeah. That she finally believed me. Yeah. And I'm wondering if you, if your mother had a similar experience. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So you better, you, you better believe, you better believe Paris Hilton made her movie and people talked about her movie in like the newspaper and the mainstream. And then other doctors commented on the things that were talked about in Paris's movie yep. in the mainstream on like NPR and shit. And, yep. it, and it took that for my mother to be like, Oh yeah, no, it was a, it was a really bad thing. It, it, you know, like, 
yeah, it, it's real. It's a it's a thing. Because, yeah, I mean, I fucking made my short, you know, 10 years before Paris yeah. came out with her movie. And yeah. my, my mom refused to watch it for like the three years. And then when she finally watched it, she watched it once and then said it was overacted. Oh, my God. And do you remember? <laughs> do you remember? Do you remember what I said after the first time I saw it? Do you remember? You said, I didn't know I was that mean. No, I was underacted. Oh, no, I don't remember that, but that's I, interesting. I was, pissed. I was pissed at you when you made that film. Huh. Um, uh, Everybody was. Everybody I, was. No, I was pissed because, I mean, it wasn't just because I, I didn't think I was that mean in real life um, as I was portrayed in the film, but it was You're that, not. I, I know, but it was that uh, <laughs> what, what, what really pissed me off was I felt like you... <laughs> didn't show what it was actually like for us mm-hmm. I felt like you know I wanted um like a yeah. Long Island iced tea and you gave me a little sip of Snapple yeah or maybe a Chardonnay and what you said your response to me was you know what we experienced is so bizarre that you can't just serve it to someone. Yeah. You have to dish it up in little tiny pieces or yeah. they're not going to have any reference points to understand what's going on. Exactly. Um, but I think it's interesting that your mother thought it was overacted and I was pissed because <laughs> yeah. I was like, you didn't even show what it was like for us there. Exactly. Like, I was know, like, bitch, I didn't even scratch the fucking surface. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So, so, but your mom, but so did your mom used to not believe you and now she does like mine? She didn't like vocally not believe me. She didn't ever say anything like, I don't believe that. Right. Uh, But like she, and she, and frankly still pretty much refuses to allow me to speak about it in her presence. Um, not because she's like, how dare you? It's more like it's and, and she doesn't say don't. She just whenever I talk about it, she like flips out and breaks down like it just it's it's so difficult for her to be consciously aware of that history with without just breaking down. And like, you know, like, I, you know, when I was younger, when I was like 25, I, I really felt like I needed her to understand what I'd been through so that I could heal from it. And now at 44 and she's fucking pushing 80 and shit. Like, you I don't know, need her. I don't need her to understand. I don't need her to, to be like compassionate or apologize. I just, you know, I'm just going to enjoy what little mom I have left on the planet. Yeah. Uh, my mom feels horrible too. I can't tell you how many times she's called me crying or I've called her and she started crying because of, um, I think it's a a mixture of, uh, feeling so bad about being lied to and manipulated by them. Yeah. And also, um, that, she even put me there. Yeah, well, I think that my mom still hasn't even gotten to a place where she can cope with the guilt around sending me anywhere 
Yeah, let alone yeah, exactly. Have it- Exactly. Yeah. Um, my mom actually goes to therapy and spends a lot of time talking to her therapist about this, trying to forgive herself. So props, man. I wish my mom's working on it. She's actually finally said she's going to find a therapist, but she said it before. And when it gets hard, she's like, eh, I'm OK. I don't really need a therapist until like we you, fight again. I don't know if I ever told you this, but you know what? My mom's therapist um, actually was a therapist for somebody who went to see you at some point. So my mom called me and said, I didn't know this, but my therapist knows someone from CDU and used to be their therapist. Did Rudy used to spit in your guys' faces? Oh, God. I was like, yeah. In like every rap, we'd get all showered and wet. (laughs) Um, But isn't that interesting that my mom's therapist just randomly, you know, she found a therapist online because of COVID, you know? And they just do phone calls. Um, right. But yeah, small world. Um, so I think that's, I, I mean, I think that's really lucky. I'm, you know, like, I'm, it makes me really happy. Yeah. 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 I feel bad for my mom uh, because she feels bad, you know? Yeah. And I don't blame her. I blame her for other things in in my childhood, but I don't blame right. her for sending me to see you and she feels bad about that. Um, so. Um, well, at this point, I don't even blame my mom for the shit that she did wrong just because I'm like, I'm pretty sure you did that shit because you're you were so unhealthy. Like, you know, like you were you needed help back then. And instead of help, you got these charlatans selling you snake yeah. oil. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Snake oil is scary. Um, so have you ever watched any documentaries about Scientology? I've watched most of that. Um, that one with Leia Romani. Uh-huh. Uh, and I, I think I watched most of the other HBO one. Um, when you were watching those, did you have those moments where you're listening to them talk and you're going, that's Sidhu. Tom <laughs> paid $50,000 for a rap. Yep. Yep. That's, and that's exactly what I started preaching after that chick came out. I was like, damn, you know what's happening in Scientology though? They'd be charging for this shit. Like per, per pop, like, and, that, and it's, rap. I, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, so, I incorporated it into every single time that I when when because I was still talking about the film to the majority of people I met oh yeah blah blah I wrote a, I made a I made a short film about my trauma uh and as soon as I'd start telling them about it I in, I made sure to always say have you seen the Leia Romani Scientology thing because it was kind of like that because they're so similar so yeah I actually I think that um I, I I actually I think Sidu is I think Sidu and Scientology and Synanon and every other TTI are basically exactly the same with different lingo. Um well and, and they've also like like the, the same way that a virus goes and like adapts to its environment yeah, and, cr- and becomes yep. a new virus, they're all and they all it, got their own little flavor of yeah but there is the foundation you know the the foundation like the attack therapy the roots of the troubled teen industry are firmly planted in this 
yeah, attack therapy. Um, I have a couple other things I wanted to, you know, that I think also, but yeah, definitely attack therapy. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, they're all, they're all the same. And, you know, I, I don't know about you. I didn't realize this until 2020. And I started listening to other people talk about their stories and they would say something and I would say, Hey, that's a wrap. Or somebody would say, Hey, what you're describing is a whatever, but uh-huh. you called it a wrap, mm-hmm. you know? And, right. um, I had literally no idea that there were 6,000 places still yeah. open in the country today. I had no idea yeah. that they were all pretty much exactly the same. Um, I had no idea that there were so many people who were just like me. Yeah. And, you know, I, I say that to encompass a, a wide variety of things that I'm, I won't go into right now, but my, the symptoms of my PTSD. Like we, I feel like we all got psychologically raped. Yeah. Like, but like, oh, for example, when I went to the protest in Provo in October of 2020, with yes. Paris, um, I watched, I mean, I, I spoke on stage, but I also watched everybody else speak and I didn't realize that, you know what? We've all had 45 jobs. <laughs> I'm well, not the only I one. haven't I I'm not the only one you know yeah. yeah but but like but like that is a common denominator among TTI survivors well I just gave up like it didn't work out a few times and I was like fuck this work and shit I'm on strike and then my therapist was like get disability and I was like yeah. okay and I'm I, on strike I, anyway might as well and- yeah, I'll add in now too that I my I'm on disability for my PTSD uh, as a result from CDU. I'm on Social Security disability, which means a federal judge found and doctors found that I'm you know not capable of keeping a job as a result. Yeah, permanent of legally legally that, permanently and, disabled. Yeah, as a result of the trauma that I suffered at this place that my mom paid a lot of money for. Yeah. And the irony that, is just so thick. Yeah. I, that your I, mom I, got conned out of all her money to go send you to ruin you. Yeah. It's basically, um, yeah. Ugh, it makes me so angry. I mean, but it's basically child trafficking. We are yes. moving these kids through this system, abusing them for a profit. Yep. And, it's unfortunate. I, I, I also, I want to just mention really quick that this industry has also, <clears throat> you know, at the time I was at CDU, it was the most expensive boarding school in the country. Yeah. Uh, that's totally. Not, yeah. And, and Scientologist but, style. But yeah. But that, you know, that's not their demographic. I mean, they go after foster kids. They go after. They got state money oh, from all kinds of people. Yeah, they're they're all they're they've got their hands in everywhere that there are kids. Yup. You know, they got their hands in there. So, um, yeah. Okay, so that's the TTI. That's in short our experiences and how we met. We met there. Um. 
You were my big sister. They assigned your ass to me. Uh, they did. <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad. It's the one good thing that came out of there. And they always said it. They, they'd always say, you know, you're going to look back and you're going to have these friends that are the best friends you've ever had. And you're going to thank us. And I'd always think to myself, fuck you. I'm never going to talk to another fucking person from this place ever again in my life because I'm going to never you let know, you be right about anything. Yeah. But I'm a, I let I got to let them be right about that one thing. It's true. Despite but, it all, I wouldn't give you up for nothing, Miss Girl. Yeah, and I love you immensely, as I've told you a number of times. If you were anyone else, I would have booted you to the curb a long time ago. Um, yeah. Like I do with everyone else. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I find it very strange that they, these schools tell us, like, you will never have friends like the ones you have here. They'll, you know, they'll be your best friends forever. Only they understand you. All this stuff, right? And I, I, I and I'm, I'm not going to go into the fabulous dramatics. I just want to make a note that the Breaking Code Silence movement, which is working to expose and federally legislate the troubled teen industry, um, has formed and broken up three times <laughs> in the last year because. <laughs> survive because we all have a really hard time interacting with each other and yeah because we're all so, a bunch of completely so, traumatized yeah. people so like we are a population that you can like absolutely guarantee that everyone in the community is traumatized yeah and so it's interesting <laughs> that they they told us like these will be your best friends forever and then 35 years later none of us can even be in the same movement together <laughs> Right, right. We still can't expose them because we we still can't bond. We we can't even be, you know. I mean, we're also triggered and like defensive yeah. all the time and afraid yeah. of each other and feel yeah. like feel attacked and, and only yeah. know how to like sound like we're attacking. So like, of course, everyone feels attacked because everyone does, in fact, sound like they're attacking each other because we yep. all fucking talk the same because yep. that's how they trained us. Yep. 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 Um, yep. Yep. No, it's a, it's a, it's a real hard problem. I was talking to, so I have a friend that I grew up with since I was literally three years old out in a very rural area that I grew up in. Um, Is that the, the girl and, you introduced me to last night? Yeah. So cool. I, when I, when I was talking to her last night, um, you know, she had said, um, She said, but well, first of all, she's had like 42 jobs and she always thought that it was because she was black and other people didn't know how to interact with her because of that. And so it made her uncomfortable and she quit. Right. Um, So anyway, my point is I recently, um, so two years ago, I called her and I said, hey, I'm, uh, there's a movement, Breaking Code Silence, and we are working to expose and reform the troubled teen industry because she went to a troubled teen school as well. Yeah. Um, And she was like, oh yeah, I, I don't think about boarding school and I don't want to, and it doesn't affect me and I don't remember anything and I'm not interested. And I was like, okay, cool. So cut to two years later, uh, which is, you know, 
2022. And, um, she called me and I can't remember how the conversation started, but I just said like one thing, um, uh, you know, that like, yeah, a lot of troubled teen industry survivors struggle with that, whatever it was she yeah. was saying, like we all do. It's not just, yeah, we've all been there. We've all been the and, one on the other side and, being like, fuck you. I'm right. And she, she, um, has been calling me regularly, uh, since, the beginning of the year um and so she told me yesterday um i what she said was i've been thinking for the last three days and what i keep thinking and the process i went through is i don't have the time or the energy or the desire to um communicate with Celise about all this TTI stuff and all the trauma you know she her process was this was her thought process like I just don't you know like it's I don't just too time. much I don't want to it, you know it, it's and then yeah. she said but as the three days went on and she continues having more and more awareness every time we talk um you know she said eventually I ended up at the conclusion that there's a reason I'm 48 years old and still struggling with the same problems I've been struggling with my whole life. Right. It's because I haven't been addressing them, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, but she had no idea. She was like, I had no idea. And now it takes me three weeks to digest one little piece of information, but holy crap, Celise, yeah. you're right that I can draw a direct line now three weeks later from me today to my experience and my trauma at that school, you know? Um, and, um, I, you know, I didn't, you know, two years ago I left it alone. Um, I didn't push her. I did, you know what I mean? Like, I just was like, okay, cool. Like you don't want to go there. That's totally right. Um, but I also at the same time know her really well and have known her my whole life and know that um, just like me, the things she struggles with are a result of the TTI and she just doesn't have that awareness. And once we get that awareness, we can work on it and change it. So this is this is a metaphor that I use kind of frequently. Mm -hmm. uh, I feel like what CD did to us and what what the TTI has done to its victims is a, like the equivalent of a hard sell. Mm -hmm. And the reason they had to hard sell that information is because it, nobody bought, like nobody raises their hand and says, yes, I'd like to hate everyone. Nobody. Yeah. And, and that's what they were. And certainly, and even if you could find a few people for that, you're still not going to get people to raise their hand to be like, yes, please make me hate myself so that I have to struggle not to kill myself every day. You know? Yeah. yeah. Like, nobody. So it's a hard sell. All that shit was a hard sell. But we are selling the truth. We're going the other way. And you don't have to hard sell the truth. You can soft sell the truth. All you have to do is present it and walk away. And people will come back to you and be like, hey, what was that truth you were talking about? Yeah, or all I have to do is make a video 
Uh-huh. My, my favorite video I've ever made is the one where I have um it's all pictures. It's pictures of Provo, of UHS, of all the facilities they own, of their uh S&P 500 um status. Uh, you know what I mean? And then yeah. it, it's and then it's two minutes of all of the DHS reports that have been filed. Just two minutes that. of DHS yeah, reports. No, it's my favorite video. I love it so much. Um, I don't have to convince anybody of anything. It's all right out there for right. everyone to access. It's not a secret. There's no secret conspiracy going on here. They are blatantly torturing, abusing, and brainwashing children for a profit. Well, what it is, is, I mean, it is in secret, but the secret that the way that they're keeping, it's hiding in plain sight. You and I have both experienced, as so many have so, experienced, that yeah. that the response of, why so, would they do that? Who yeah. would do that? That's yeah. how they hide. They hide so, behind that. I want to I wanna make a, a mention of something about that, too, is that... Um, well, okay. So from the first day I was there and I was crying, yeah, they do this in Scientology too. Um, they would look at me and say, why are you crying? We're not doing anything to you. We're not doing anything to you. This isn't our fault. You're, you got yourself here. This is your fault, right? It was victim blaming from the beginning. They would, they would literally say to me, yeah. Stop crying. You're not a victim. We're not doing anything to you. You're and not still a victim. to this day. What do they call us? What do they call us and, when they come and they say that and they don't want us talking about it? Yeah. They say, so, You're a bunch of victims. So, yeah. So <laughs> it's like they brainwashed us from the get go that we are not victims of anything and that it's all our fault. Right. Yep. So we from the very beginning are starting to in like in it, it really encompass this notion of victim blaming, starting with ourselves yep. and, and also moving on to our peers. Um, but I think that that is one of the things that really prevented me from being able to see what happened to me for so for 35 years I wasn't able to see it because anytime you brought it up I'd be like no I'm not a victim right you know automatically no Very I'm not ingrained I've, pathway. I've, I've, I've even talked to somebody uh local <clears throat> it was years ago but I talked to somebody local who went to Sidhu also uh not when I was there but um you know I said you know they were abusive and she said I'm not a victim of anything. Yeah, you're like, I didn't say victim, bitch. And I was like, bingo. Bingo. You know, <laughs> you, you, like, there's the script. There it winner, goes. winner, chicken dinner. There it goes. The script <laughs> is starting. I'm not a victim. Um, yeah. You know? So, yeah. Um, unfortunately, uh, there's a lot of us who have been victims of this industry and who are surviving nonetheless. Yeah. And um, the uh, organization called Unsilenced is uh, working with the most badass team 
or uh, to bad bitch club in effect, in, including uh, Oregon State Senator Sarah Gelser um, and Paris Hilton, and then some survivors in this group called Unsilenced. It's a nonprofit organization, and they actually have already gone to the White House once already uh, with a proposal and some federal legislation that Senator Sarah has been working on for almost three years. And by the way, Senator Sarah has effectively got facilities in Oregon shut down. Yeehaw. Handedly. So she's she's on the team. Never Paris. underestimate the power of one and, person. And, yeah, a bunch of awesome people. So unsilenced is where anybody who's listening to this, so like my mom or aliens in another universe. Um, can get more information on what the troubled teen industry is. There's documents on there. There's archives of every program, every single, um, yeah. And we're not like, like Paris Hilton, Paris Hilton is like one of us, but she is not our fucking bank account. That bitch has her own shit going on. Like, please give money. Like this movement needs money. Yeah, no, she actually doesn't. Um, she, uh, well, she did, uh, like pay for the protest in Utah that I went to. So, yeah. like, the but the, we can't be like we can't be leaning on her and be like, yeah, well, no, bitch, no, you no, pay for it. No, <laughs> we need donors. Uh, un- so, Unsilenced is a nonprofit, and they are actually uh, they have grant writers that are writing up grant proposals. I mean, they're 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 all over and um, bitch club you know fundraising and i'm also i submitted a great idea i'm um a volunteer for unsilenced i submitted a great idea for a fundraiser but it's like it's a fundraiser that would be like a literally a campaign that would take a year and a half to plan and get an order so that's hopefully going to be coming sometime in the next few years if it costs more than it makes it's not a fundraiser it's an event (laughs) yeah no it doesn't cost anything Uh, but it's um yeah i'll tell you about it later but anyway um you know what solis yeah on that note can i change the subject slightly yeah yeah um i think that you and i are in a unique position to brainwash i not brainwash pardon my pardon my Freudian slip, to uh, brainstorm and possibly uh, come up with a new alternative style of protest. Because this is like since before I got sent to CDU, since I was a fucking, since I was in like fifth grade and learning about Martin Luther King and like watching videos of them hosing down protesters with fire hoses. Yeah. And, I was, and I was like, maybe protests don't work. Like maybe we need to come up with something else. So I think that if we could come up with any kind of new creative, I want to figure out a way to, people need to, we'd a protest from their house. Once we figure out how to protest from our houses, I think that'll be really good. But I, I personally, I haven't been able to figure anything out. And frankly, I've been working on the problem, like I said, for like, you know, almost 40 years. So, yeah. Um, well, I have a couple ideas, so I'll chat with you about those. Um, Maybe another no, day, I, another topic. 
Uh, but COVID really actually created an environment where we kind of have to protest from our house anyway. Yeah. I, that's um, why one of the reasons I love COVID. And, I'm like, God damn, you found a break zone of country. Yeah. So it was like, you know, we were all making TikTok videos and posting our stories on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and, yeah. you know what I mean? And, um, um, on YouTube and sharing all of that, you know? Yeah. Uh, by the way, I heard a rumor that, uh, Provo Canyon schools, even though it can hold a couple hundred, is down to like 70. Oh, good. Um, I think bankrupt them bitches if nothing else. I I think what we're doing is working, and I think what's more important is to reach the generation of my son. Yep, he's he was born. He's our target audience. You betcha. And they are the generation that's going to be having kids, and they just need to know. Yeah, you don't send your freaking kids to these places. Well, and frankly, they also frankly, I'm sorry, but those kids, your kids, need to understand. What happened to their parents? Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. And to be honest, my son didn't believe anything I said about CDU until Paris backed me up and then Paris, yep. other people did. And then my son was like, okay, well, you know, you're that's- not just being dramatic, mom. I want to say something about Paris. Yeah. I think it's. I have a, I have an enormous amount of compassion for her position. I think that Paris was suffering from the forest from for the trees that she didn't she was so surrounded by other powerful people who were actively in denial about this that she didn't realize she was in denial about it because she was just participating in her little culture. Yep. You know, her little community. And the fact that she had the courage, frankly, later in life to risk saying, I know you guys have all decided that you don't really care what was going on with me when I was 20. And guess what? I'm going to talk about it. Yeah. Like, I don't know that she really, even in that moment, understood how many of our lives would be affected by that, by that courageous act. Yeah. You know? she did but you know um i think there's two people to thank for that and i think uh first and foremost it's alex the the director of this is paris um you know she really created a space a safe space and encouraged paris to kind of delve a little bit deeper you know like 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 let's get to the real stuff and so alex the director and um also katie who was in this is paris and she was the one who went over to paris's house with her laptop and opened it up and showed paris how to do like the breaking code silence board with the tape and everything um so that's so cute yeah so alex and katie i think you know are the ones who really created a safe space enough that paris felt like she could finally come out and talk about all this. Um, and I, I, I'm just, I'm so glad she did because it didn't just help her and it didn't just help us all survivors, but I mean, she got state bill 127 in Utah passed, which is the exactly we're, we're still the other kids lives now. It's yeah, like, it's, we're winning. It's great. It's the, 
it's the first bill ever to 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 regulate at all any portion of the trouble teen industry. Yeah. So thank um, God, fucking overdue the mofo. Yeah. This like, is like people can't understand how we got Trump, and I'm yeah. like, uh, look at well, how we've been interpreting the law for the past hundred years. Yeah, and also a lot of people think Paris is just doing it to get attention and to become relevant. I just want to say that, you know what? I yell and scream about the troubled teen industry and how horrible Ain't nobody paying no attention. But guess what? Of course I want attention. I want everybody to listen to me. I want everybody to understand that this is happening. I want everybody to pull their kids out of these places and stop sending them there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yes, of course I want attention. But really, I'm I don't think that that's to affect change. What a terrible you know? argument, though. Like, like she, she's Paris Hilton. But like, also the whole I the whole point is that I, she gets she can get I, all the attention I, she wants yeah, at any time. I don't think that she's actually trying to become relevant. I think what she's what she she's risking her I, relevance to come I, out on this. I, I, absolutely, and I, yeah. I think that if a person of her um, wealth and stature um, uses her voice to speak for those who don't have one literally. Word. Then she's a badass warrior. Word. Anyone who says that she's trying to be relevant and wants attention actually is trying to be relevant by saying hi more projection from the right yeah yeah um okay well i it's been 45 minutes so i think we should wrap up this uh this edition this edition of a shoe obfuscation with salise papasian where we try to make things simple to understand so um hopefully uh me and you and my mom and the aliens in another universe have a really good idea, a simple idea now of what the trouble teen industry is. And um, unsilenced.org is the nonprofit that is fighting this. Unsilenced, U N S I L E N C E D dot O R G. Yep, because we are done being silent about what's been going on. And God damn it. Us. We're done. We're, we're done. We're screaming it. And you know what, everybody? Yes, we do want attention because we're trying to affect real legislative change. Duh. Yeah. yeah. Okay, duh. Hey, and guess what? If you're not paying attention to real legislative change, you are failing as an American. Yeah, and you have no right to say anything about what anyone else is doing. Yeah. 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 Seriously. Okay. I love you. I infinity love you, my Solis. I love you so much. And of course, you'll be talking with me again soon on my podcast. Yay. Um, So much fun. You're probably the only one who's willing to even talk to me on my podcast. So Um, I I doubt that. I I doubt that extremely. But (laughs) I probably will be the most consistent because I, like you, don't have a job. Yeah, well, and, you know, that's good because we can do other things, too. We can when you're when you're busy working for someone else, you don't have time to work for yourself. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I'm like, I'm, I'm like, good. I'm glad the government funds me to be an advocate for society. Like I'm not like, I'm actually not an anarchist. I'm not out there telling everybody let's destroy everything. I'm, I'm out there telling everybody so let's just, fix it I, without destroying the infrastructure. Let, uh, yeah, let, let's keep I, the I internet intact. To, yeah. I have to interject really quick since you said anarchists destroy. So <laughs> I, I just want to make something really simple and clear for everyone really quick. So, um, there, like I described earlier, there are two uh, sectors in our society, the public and the private. Okay. So let's pretend this is a, this is, this is a scale. And on the very, very left, we have communism. Then we have socialism. Then we have capitalism. Then we have anarchy. Okay. So um, at the very, very left, we have communism and let's let's just let's make these definitions really simple for everyone so okay but i don't agree with that scale okay but that but but this is this is this is definition like this is fact so the definition okay the definition of communism is that the means of production are owned by the state the definition of socialism is that most of the means of production are owned by the state. Capitalism, most of the means of production are privately owned. And the definition of anarchy is a society where the means of production are completely privately owned. The TTI is literally a perfect example of anarchy. Anarchy is total freedom. It is where the means of production is owned privately, only privately. And communism is where the means of production is owned only by the state, right? And then we have the middle ground, the socialism and the capitalism, where it's like a, a mix of both, right? Yeah. So, um, I mean, ostensibly, anarchy- personally, I still don't agree with the scale. I know it's, I know it's, it's based on the lineage of and the and the history of event and how it's been no, seen. But, it's, it's not, but it's I, not, I, I but think there's there's stuff that we have that people haven't said yet about these systems yeah. that will clarify more how, like right, un, but, but how many more options there are. Right, but I'm not, I'm not saying I never said these are the only options. The, these are the ones we talk about in our society. Yeah. And in our culture, and these are the definitions of them, because everybody seems to think socialism means something that it doesn't, and that anarchy means something that it doesn't. I can't tell you how many people think anarchy means, like, robbing all the stores and burning buildings down, and, you know, like, it's like, the definition of anarchy is a society where the entire means of production is privately owned yeah we're almost there folks (laughs) yeah and it's gross (laughs) it's rough right it's getting worse and worse that's called that's the end of the monopoly game man it's gross when the means of production are completely privately owned in the private sector and you can do whatever you want and you have all the freedom in the world to abuse destroy kill (laughs) 
everything to make a profit it's gross yeah to to create slave wages and to like destroy people's access to resources so that you can charge them quadruple for them and you know it's sick yeah anarchy is where the means of production are completely privately owned yeah well and i'm like and i'm like okay i want to build a society where no one really owns anything we all collectively own everything and everyone's like that's impossible you got to be reasonable and i'm like why i feel like the system we have now is totally unreasonable why can't i why can't i argue for something unreasonably good maybe someone will come up with a middle ground idea yeah well for the time being we're all keynesians now and um that's just the way it is john one and you're very smart solis we have to live now you're a very smart woman i think it's wise that you tried to wrap up at 45 because clearly it takes us almost 15 minutes just to to wrap up i know i know Um, okay so we're not always going to talk about the tti but it will come up a lot because hey i'm down and freedom is gross and uh libertarians and anarchists are freaking stupid yeah um word and if you have something to say about that please feel free to let me know and we will talk about it on the air yeah, next time for sure and or eventually talk to me about it on the air let's do it people so well, i don't, I don't people, know by people i mean my mom and the aliens in another universe that are listening to this we don't need every alien in the galaxy trying to be on this show take an email yeah no that'd be great but yeah emails the aliens are busy they've got shit to do yeah and so um yeah (laughs) wherever this podcast is being heard at it can always be heard at oregonartshop.com word Okay, perfect. Well, thank you so much for talking to me, my BFF. And uh, I will talk to you soon. Actually, I have somebody stopping by in a few minutes. So this is perfect. Enjoy. Okay, love you so much. Talk later. Thanks, everyone.